0: Welcome to the Australian Christian Lobby's Voice for Values.
1: Welcome to
2: Voice for Values. I'm Martin Isles, coming to you today with fresh news that the Victorian Liberal Party have adopted a new policy called the Nordic Model. And to answer questions about what it is, how it works, why it works, uh, and whether or not this is something that we should get behind, I'm joined today on the line by Wendy Francis, the Director for ACL's Centre for Human Dignity and the Queensland State Director, and also Dan Flynn, the Victorian State Director, where this policy shift is taking place. Dan, could you just let us know what it is that has happened in the Victorian Liberal Party in the last couple of days
1: that has led to uh, this change? Um, a particular branch put forward a fairly comprehensive motion to support the Nordic model uh, to be held, to be voted on at the state conference just held last weekend. So, that state conference was presented with um, a motion uh, that would target sex trafficking um, and uh, criminalise the purchase of sex and support uh, those caught in prostitution to lead the industry. Uh, and uh, basically all the elements of the European model. So uh, that was before uh, State Council. Uh, there was engagement ahead of time uh, by the chair of the uh, the Women's Council uh, in the Liberal Party, uh, Stephanie Bastian, uh, who showed great interest in the motion. And uh, it was uh, proposed by a gentleman named Phil Brabham, a simple, um, uh, I suppose, grassroots member of the Liberal Party, uh, and supported or seconded by a 23-year-old um, uh, member of the party, uh, Merrilee Hansen. So uh, the matter went forward. Uh, there was uh, uh, really two speakers for and I think two against the motion. It was passed overwhelmingly. Uh, and most notably, Martin, it calls on the incoming uh, Matthew Guy government uh, to uh, put this Nordic model uh, as a piece of legislation as, as a part of the platform. Uh, so it's a significant call uh, that was passed overwhelmingly. So the upshot of all of that is that essentially if there
2: is a Liberal government following the Victorian state election at the end of this year,
1: uh, it's highly likely that some legislation to put in this into law is going to get up. Um, I think there's a bit more work to be done in the sense that uh, the the party membership has spoken very clearly on this. Uh, It is a a step for the parliamentary party to take this up as legislative policy and so uh, this is a very good first step but there's more advocacy and awareness raising to be done uh, so that Matthew Guy actually takes it on board as policy. It's highly influential and it's the first time any such motion uh, has passed uh, any um, any major political party in Australia. Let's come back to that discussion about um,
2: how we might uh, participate in that process. Um, Wendy, I'd like to turn to you now. Just to, we, We've talked about this, this Nordic model uh, that's been um, raised and we've talked about the fact that it, it contains several elements. There's, there's an element of, of legislation, there's an element of, um, of, of providing support to those who have been involved in or hurt by the, the, the industry. Um, There's quite a few layers. Could you just walk us through, maybe start with, you know, basically how does it work?
0: So, look, this is actually really exciting. um, And it's a huge step forward for not just um, for women who are caught in prostitution, and it is mainly women, um, but it's just a huge step forward in equality for all women because what the Nordic model does, their approach to prostitution legislation, it, it decriminalises all those who've been prostituted. But it recognises that um, that buying sex is is not acceptable. So we recognise that the majority of women and children who enter prostitution is actually as a result of, of being vulnerable in some way, whether that's childhood abuse, poverty, um, misfortune coercion or even betrayal in many cases. So the approach to prostitution is that it decriminalises all these who are in this vulnerable position. Uh, So it says buying sex is not acceptable um, and so it decriminalises those who are prostituted. Then it provides support services to help them exit, and that's a really important part of the Nordic model. And it makes buying people for sex a criminal offence. And the what it does is actually it reduces the demand that in, in turn drives um, prostitution and, and indeed sex trafficking as well.
2: So what it does is that it criminalises the buyer but it decriminalises the seller. Um, so yes, that's sending that's, a strong exactly. message that the, the buyer is doing the wrong thing. But perhaps just just if you could flesh out, because I think some people would say, well, well why would you decriminalise the selling of of sex i mean you decriminalize the, the prostitution of of, of of your body that seems that seems crazy because surely that's the wrong thing to do can you walk us through uh, and i know you touched on it already but the reason why um the model doesn't criminalize the sale uh there's a, there's a greater purpose there isn't there
0: there is. So the overwhelming majority of women particularly and children who are caught up in prostitution are vulnerable in some way, either financially and socially or socially. And currently in Australia, if, and I mean, for instance, where I uh, live in Queensland, the majority of prostitution is undertaken illegally. So despite us having laws that make some prostitution legal in our state, by far and away the majority is operated illegally. So currently, if if women are caught uh, prostituting themselves, they are the ones who are actually victimised again. So they're, they're, we've got vulnerable people, and they are the ones who actually are either charged um, with financial or you know jail or whatever happens to them. They're the ones who are actually again once again made to be the victim. Um, so w- what what this law does is it actually says no look you are there because you are vulnerable. What we are saying is that buying sex is actually a criminal offence, so we will actually penalise the buyer.
2: So it actually enables the model then to consider how that uh, women who are in the industry, many of them there, because they're vulnerable, might indeed be supported out of it. Um, And the criminalisation doesn't drive them underground, but it, it, it enables them to be in a position where they're able to be released.
0: Exactly. It makes it possible for them to go to the police if they are being, um, you know, if there is a problem. It makes it possible for them to actually seek help because they know they're not going to actually then be penalised for seeking help.
2: We might pick that discussion up in just uh, a few minutes. We're going to go to a break now and we'll be back soon.
0: Voice for Values at acl.org.au
2: This episode contains discussion of themes some may find confronting. Welcome back to Voice for Values. I'm Martin Iles. Wendy, let's pick that conversation up where we were. Do we know whether or not this actually works, though?
0: We do. And we, we see it in a number of different ways. So we see, uh, like particularly in Stockholm, um, the number of women who are in street prostitution has been reduced by two-thirds. Um, the number of the of people buying uh, sex has been reduced by 80%. These are huge figures. But can I say that uh, in places like Sweden, where this has been in place since 1999, and in a number of other countries that have also adopted it, what happens is that our cult, the culture actually changes. So it's no longer been as acceptable for a woman to be bought and sold. Um, because when, when you allow this in prostitution, you are devaluing every woman when it seems to it be acceptable. So the culture is actually uh, changed and so that's another uh, great thing, step forward, that's for sure.
2: So not only is this approach, which I think some people when they first hear that it decriminalizes the sale and it criminalizes the purchase, they, it sounds a little counter, counterintuitive at first, but not only actually does it address the real issues, of prostitution, that you've got a group of people that need to be supported out of the industry. Nonetheless, you want to send a strong message that the purchase of sex is wrong. Uh, Not only is there a logic to it, but actually it's something that that really, from the evidence we have available, just definitely works and teaches people that it is wrong to go out and buy a prostitute.
0: Absolutely. And I mean in this day and age, when it's all about gender equality, um, this is a way that we seriously can... uh, agree and achieve gender equality because it is mainly women and children who are in the industry. And we also... Another um, statistic that's interesting is that when in these countries that have adopted the Nordic model of prostitution legislation, when women are assisted to leave prostitution, 60% of them remain out of the sex industry. That's a really high figure because when when you legalise prostitution, it it becomes... Um, a sentence for many women. It is impossible in many cases for them to actually escape from it.
2: Now, Wendy, um, in your capacity, I understand this model has been advocated around the country in various ways. How long has that been going on for?
0: Well, it it began in Sweden in 1999 and it wasn't long after that that it started um, gaining some traction in other countries. There are countries all around the world, Norway, Iceland, Canada, um, Ireland, France, uh, to name a few who, who have already adopted it. In Australia, I've been working with the Australian Christian Lobby for eight years, and the the concept of adopting the Nordic model certainly has been around the ACL for my entire time here. So we have um, joined with a number of other groups on this. Uh, the radical feminist groups join us as well in advocating for this. So this is not just simply an issue that ACL are involved in, but ACL really have been at the forefront of this argument for, for or this debate, I guess we could call it, um, over what is the best way to care for women and children caught in prostitution. And there are some men as well, but overwhelmingly it is women and children. Um, And the availability of women's bodies being able to be bought and sold, that has created a sense of entitlement in men that I think we're seeing play out as well. So um, certainly we've been involved in this for more than eight years.
2: And, Dan, uh, in the Victorian context, I understand that there's differing views between parties um, and and in the public about what's best. Uh, So the Victorian Liberal Party State Council has officially taken on the Nordic approach as their their desired option. But what else is going on in the
1: political landscape down there? What we're hearing, Martin, is that there are uh, there's considerable hard lobbying by Scarlet Alliance, uh, which act for the prostitution industry. Uh, they are pushing, um, particularly the Labor Party, uh, to have some platform changes to complete decriminalisation of prostitution uh, you know, in all its forms. So, uh, street prostitution uh, is currently illegal in Victoria. There are 100 legal brothels and probably 400 illegal brothels. Uh, so, the agenda being pushed by Scarlett Alliance is to completely um, decriminalise, um, and uh, they're pushing hard. In fact, uh, they pushed the Liberal Party on this in the last few days, uh, sought to spook MPs that the Nordic model would, in fact, make prostitution unsafe for women. And there was a lot of work done uh, by the Centre for Human Dignity and Collective Shout and others to debunk those uh, myths which were pushed hard uh, in what really was a a last-minute lobbying effort uh, by Scarlet Alliance on the one side, Centre for Human Dignity, Collective Shout on the other side principally. Uh, And uh, it took a while for the uh, leaders of the Liberal Party to understand what this was about and for the delegates to understand what this was about. Um, So there was a lot done in a short time frame. So really, through this process,
2: it's been a bit of a back and forth. There's been a lot of work done behind the scenes uh, to try and ensure that the Scarlet Alliance's um, uh, approach to
1: complete decriminalization and, you know, no support services and all sorts of things. That's, That's correct. And the dynamic in Victoria also with the sex party uh, holding almost the balance of power here in Victoria's upper house. Fiona Patton lobbies hard for the decriminalisation of prostitution. You know, She certainly has the ear of the government, if not their actions, because they want to appease the sex party, which is now uh, called the Reason Party. So these are the dynamics that are at play. There's a lot more work to be done to convince Matthew Guy, that this is a policy that he should take on, that legislation should take on, and uh, certainly people can be active in contacting their uh, local Liberal MPs to encourage them to get on board with the state conference result on the weekend. So if people want to
2: uh, see this pushed forward, contacting the state Liberal MP in Victoria is one excellent approach. Um, Very quickly, Wendy, what else might they do? Is there something they can do in engaging with the Centre for Human Dignity, for example, if they're interested in this issue?
0: I'd love people to connect with the Centre for Human Dignity, so just go to that on the website or through the ACL page. We don't accept that human beings should ever be for sale. Um, So we we want to encourage this legislation to go forward because buying sex should be made a criminal offence. offence. And with this Nordic legislation, all the factors that drive people into prostitution are addressed. And so we see it as a really positive way forward. We love people to connect with the centre.
2: Wonderful. Well said, Wendy. And thank you, Wendy. And thank you, Dan.
0: Voice for Values from the Australian Christian Lobby at acl.org.au.